Westworld Season 3, Episode 5, Genre, is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. It's the Welcome to Westworld podcast here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wigler, joined here by Joe Garfine. Joe, we're we're both on the straight and narrow right now. We're nursing our genre hangovers. Obviously, we're a little late this week. That is the reason why. We just like had a real serious Sunday night genre bender, uh, and we needed a few days to recover. Yeah, that was quite That's an excuse I want to give it. Let's I'm going to go with your excuse. Yes. And we'll talk about the over under on the uses of genre. Yes, I think uh, what us saying the word <laughs> um, or the success of it. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll, we'll have to talk about that. Uh, I think we will have to say the word genre quite a bit. Um, I think that the word genre <laughs> may only be uh, competed with by the word Dolores uh, yes. in terms of how many times you will say the word just because there's a thousand Dolori on the <laughs> show. Although one less Dolores now. Uh, yes. Helpful. I mean, with, with all due respect to the great Tommy Flanagan, I'm sad to see Connells go because I do love me some Tommy Flanagan. Big Chibs guy from the Sons of Anarchy days. Yes. Uh, but uh, if it simplifies the story even a touch... To, to lose one Dolores, um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it the thumbs up, the Wiggler seal of approval. But we also lost um, uh, Palm. We lost. I'm forgetting her character name. I don't know that we ever got it. I don't know that we <laughs> ever got Palm's character name. Yeah, Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy blinked and you missed her. Uh, yeah, I don't know that we ever got her name on the show. At least I didn't catch it. It was. It's probably an IMDb, but we didn't catch it. Uh, it certainly d- does not uh, a, a sad use of of that character. Ultimately, uh, I know because she's super cool. Yeah, she's great. I'm just I'm I'm sad that we didn't get to see more of her this year. Uh, and really, she just like showed up to like make a couple of threats on Sirach's behalf, and then just like get blown up to Kingdom Come. She was probably busy filming another movie. Uh, yeah, maybe. I'll forgive it. I'll forgive it too. Uh, but we're going to talk about genre. Of course, we are a little bit late here. Thank you all for your patience. Uh, scheduling issues on my end. Um, Joe's uh, completely absolved here, as you always are. <laughs> Everything's my fault, Joe. It's never yours. That is not necessarily true. I just happen to have a little more time on my hands right now. Uh, don't we all? Don't we all? So we're going to spend some of that time talking through genre. Might be a shorter podcast this week, uh, just as we are, uh, we're, we're covering through it. We want to make sure to get it in your feed with time to spare, uh, before the next episode. Of course, you can always send your feedback into us, Westworld at postshowrecaps.com or even easier, I think. Uh, you could tweet at us. Uh, basically, the only reason that Joe, uh, Joe Garfine is on Twitter these days is to, to hear what you guys have to say about Westworld. It's true. I've taken a, a cleanse, a, uh, a social media break. Right. I love Instagram. I'm using that. That seems the spacer, a spacer. Hi, a safer space in terms of there's less, at least on my feed, less politics and less negativity. Only, I mean, I think it's really uh, like uh, user dependent. Um, yes, because I have found there's a high variance of people who like uh, 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 certain accounts that I've seen that have to like deal with like some of the worst like toxicity I have ever seen online occurs on Instagram. But my experience with it is a delight. Uh, right. I, I love Instagram. I, I, you know, people like slide into my DMs and we talk and it's great. Uh, it's all very peaceful. And then Twitter is usually the place where it's just like thing after thing of world falling apart this way, world falling apart <laughs> this way. Uh, the, 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 our cosmic overlords have pulled out one universal Jenga piece. The whole thing may collapse at any moment. Just like, sweet. Oh, this dread feels good. 
Well, that's because we are two uh, people with anxiety. And so we have to curate our social media experience. Yeah. But I will say thank you to everyone who is interacting with us about Westworld. It's it's a delight and a joy, especially during quarantine. And uh, to a person, every single fan in this fandom has been kind and constructive. So thank you. No, it's been great. It's been absolutely great. Uh, and so we've got a, a lot to go through in terms of some feedback. Uh, we had we had some, some really funny zingers on Twitter over the past week. Uh, your friend and mine, Magnus at Geek Furious uh, wrote to both of us uh, 20 hours ago, Joe, as of this (laughs) recording, saying, sitting here refreshing, hoping to see if we all agree that this Westworld episode was awesome slash disappointing because, like, everywhere you look, and not to evoke full house, but everywhere you look, uh, you do see, like, I think this, like, sort of, like, split-brained uh, bicameral mind, if you will, Joe, uh-huh. uh, of, of takes on, on genre of uh, season three, episode five, where there's some people who, who watched what went down, like, this is, like, a next-level episode of Westworld. Then I think other takes of people being really let down by the episode to the point of saying, like, this may be the worst episode of Westworld ever. Uh I, I think that that's a harsh take. I see Joe is shaking her head. She's like, no, no way. But I, but I think if I had to, if, if it was a binary choice and you had to choose best episode ever or worst episode ever, I would choose worst episode ever. If those were the only two options on the board, Joe, I think I would tend towards, I think that some things went awry here. I think about and beyond the potential for genre in terms of how they used it, I think there were some really, really key things in this episode. So I, I'm sorry, I'm glad it's not binary because it's not the worst episode and, by far. And I and I think that that's the thing is like uh, there's a lot to engage in. Life is complicated. Art is complicated. It's not black and white. Uh, there are shades of gray. A wise man once said, uh, "Ranking things is arbitrary and reductive." <laughs> it is something I tend to do uh, from time to time for work. So if I had to put a Westworld episode ranking together, uh, which I think I've done for seasons one and two, but I do not recall at all other than Kiksuya uh, being right at the top and uh, I think uh, uncontested still. Uh, I I do think that this would probably, just by the sheer volume of, of episodes that are of a quality that, that really sits with me, I think genre would be fairly low. I think my experience, Joe, with this episode knowing that it was called genre coming into it, knowing that like we were going to get like a dose of the drug in, in the Aaron Paul character, very likely, but in some capacity, we were going to get like the, the usage of genre as a drug in the world of the show. I think maybe my, my expectation level coming into the episode was akin to like what some people felt going into the Shogun world arc, which I know you love. And I actually really still enjoy, but a lot of people did not like it. Like, I think that their expectations were just so high for it. That maybe like I'm feeling like a like a microdosed version of uh, what some people felt about Shogun World might be what I'm feeling about genre. Like my heart isn't broken by any stretch of the imagination. I think there's a lot of uh, interesting story stuff that we still can can chew on, especially in the Ciroc side of things. The landscape of the show has just changed dramatically. Um, but I think just in terms of execution, the episode maybe did leave me feeling like there could have been a few things that they could have done differently. That's fair. And I know it's not fair to compare it to last season's Watchmen episode where Regina King plays her grandfather in black and white. That is an entire genre into itself. The whole episode, it was so spectacularly done that I found myself, again, unfairly comparing this episode and my expectations for it. While I thought 
that Westworld used their entire budget on music rights um, uh-huh. to for this particular different genres. Uh, and I loved, we'll talk about the music, of course. I feel like I was underwhelmed in terms of the production of the genres. His outfit didn't change. Um, there were different lenses, of course, and there was the music. But I feel like, and maybe they ran out of time or ran out of budget between the car chase and the music rights, but there, it was underwhelmed by the uses of genre, but I did love the overall episode. Yeah, I think that there's a lot in here in terms of the thematics that I'm I'm compelled by. Like, I'm really compelled that we are now in the back half of the season, and it seems like everybody in the world now knows um, who everybody is, what their paths are. The Rehoboam stuff is really out there. I really liked drilling in deeper into Ciroc. Um, but I'm left with a lot of questions about the outlier stuff and what's going on with Caleb uh, and like, who the hell is he? Because clearly he's somebody relatively important. Is he somebody we know is a question that I think that we need to start asking. Um, lots of questions surrounding Caleb. Uh, so like it definitely gets the brain ball firing, but I think if you're going to name your episode genre and I do, I, I, whether it's fair or unfair is kind of irrelevant. This is a, a high profile genre show that exists on HBO starts with the letter W and comes just a few months after Watchmen, as you say, uh, delivered an episode that does a lot of what genre is aiming for in, in ways that I don't think that you could, uh, I would not entertain the argument that this episode of television is even in the same league of conversation caliber of quality of episode of that episode of Watchmen that you are referring to. Um, uh, the, the one where Regina King is tripping through uh, uh, Louis Gossett Jr.'s character's memories. It's just like a next level episode of television. Right. This was not that. Um, and I'm sure they were coincidentally written, produced and filmed. Like there was no communication no between them about no it. No way. No way. Yeah. No way. Uh, so this is just like once things like get like absorbed into the zeitgeist into like, whatever like the, the Rehoboam of real reality is, you know, right. The simulation that we are uh, hopefully living in, that would explain a lot, right? Yes. We're all stuck in a simulation. Like that one guy suggested, uh, then I think like, this is just like all the stuff that gets like stuck in the discourse, but I don't think it's too useful to, to spend too much time, uh, diving into, uh, the critiques any further. They're out there. You can read them. Uh, I did basically the whole series <laughs> regular podcast we did this week was about that. Let's talk about like the story. Let's talk about the nuts and bolts, um, give me some of the big takeaways for you on on genre, Joe. Caleb, I mean, I feel like we have to start there. Um, I, I don't even. I have so many notes on Caleb. First of all, it's hilarious and awesome to see Aaron Paul tripping out on drugs, but a very different type than Breaking Bad. I thought he <laughs> yeah, did an amazing he job. He can't get away. <laughs> but he did a really great job of being high, for what it's worth. You know, in a different kind of way than he was on Breaking Bad. Um, So what struck me is the scenes with Liam and Liam said, you think I killed your friends. So when Liam puts on his little hologram futuristic glasses, he sees stuff about Caleb. So obviously, and Dolores had no reaction. Dolores is aware. I've said this before. There is a connection between Dolores and Caleb. It was not a coincidence. And who does Liam think he is? Here's the thing. When we get to Ciroc's uh, quote institution where he's fixing the outliers, there is a brief flashback where we see Aaron Paul and it looks like a, you know, in goggles and perhaps being tied down. I feel like and he had that. He has that grill in the upper part of his mouth. that was part of the control by insight. And he turned his off. He's right. more powerful. He is someone special than we can possibly imagine. He, I don't believe that anyone else can turn off their drip. I believe that he was able to escape 
the outlaw facility. And I believe perhaps it's his military training that he was able to turn off his drip and become Joe Schmo until Dolores quote found him. And I believe that he will be a weapon, not Dolores. He'll be the one to figure out and overcome Sirach. Joe Schmo opinionated. That's right. <laughs> See if the Twitter handle is available. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of questions about the character. Uh, he's obviously a lot more important than than we knew. Um, he he seems to be connected to this outlier facility that this was part of what Sirach was after, that Sirach's own brother uh, was an outlier. And it's like they took all these people who are either what are like uh, are, you know, have like mental illness or are um, otherwise like disadvantaged by like the the human ecosystem like what 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 is this facility and what is it he's trying to do he talks about like editing them right does he mean like genetically is that the is that the point is that why he wants all of this human data does he think that like the the data that was mined from the westworld park can it be used to like literally modify uh some of these people that that he considers outliers can he does he feel like he can save the outliers I'm not sure. Uh, I'm really, really left in the dark as far as Ciroc's motivations. And didn't they mention, I feel like that a lot of the people there are veterans. And so if Insight controls the military, they bring them back, they put them in this facility. Do they ever get released? Is Caleb someone who, quote, recovered? This right. is also a person who, as we know, has been shot in the head. Um, and so can we talk about that for a second? Because yeah. um, I apologize, I don't have her name, but there is a woman on Twitter who has a theory that if Teddy's brain ball is in Caleb, Teddy yeah. also shot himself in the head. Yes, this was Kelly Lynch uh, tweeted yes. us and said, crazy Westworld theory here, but I'm wondering if Teddy's brain ball could be in Caleb. Caleb has been shot in the head as Teddy has, and Teddy was in the Forge Flood, which could maybe explain some of Caleb's flashes. Crazy, but figured I'd share. It's hard not to notice, yeah, that uh, Caleb keeps seeing like visions of the ocean at night. Is is that because he's experiencing some of what Teddy experienced when Teddy was, you know, drowned in the, in the forge flood. Um, and I think not for nothing too. Teddy's last name, literally flood, like are the floodgates <laughs> open with Caleb being like the new body for Teddy uh, is a, at least a possibility that I think we have to consider, but that's going to make me sad if Caleb isn't just Caleb. I, I, right. I I'm, I'm very open to like Caleb being something more than meets the eye uh, than what we have seen so far, but I want him. I like him as his own character. I don't know that I want him to like be like secretly somebody else incognito. Also, Westworld's done that so many times already. True, true. No, I, I believe he's human, but manipulated to a point where he's someone that he he doesn't even know who he is truly totally. yet. And like Dolores had an awakening that took two seasons. Caleb's having his own awakening, and like Dolores, he's more than ready to break free from control. Yeah, uh, and it's taking him a little less time than two seasons, especially <laughs> with the shortened eight-episode season here. Which I appreciate. Yeah, so we're we're just getting down to brass tacks for for Caleb. But yet we see that there's a there's the scene where he's having like the flash of. There was like a guy with a bag on his head at an execution site. Uh, and I think that that's an actor that a lot of people like, but <laughs> I, I couldn't recognize the, the the guy and I don't have the name offhand. Enrico Colatani from Person of Interest. Oh, okay. All right. Hmm? Okay, another so Jonathan, jo another Nolan show. What I was going to say is like, there's the, there's the Person of Interest crossover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. Like I've been saying every week there, I swear it's, it wasn't just military. He was doing black ops. He was on some kind of operative with Francis. And that's why he wasn't in his military gear during these scenes. 
So do we feel like Dolores knows this stuff about Caleb and this is a big piece of why she's working with him? Like, has she, like, yes. fig- has she like figured out that like, kind of like, um, and I wonder even, is it spontaneous? Did she like spontaneously run into Caleb or has she, uh, did she have Caleb on her radar? And like when everything that went down at Echo Park, uh, all of that, or was it Silver Lake? I don't know. I don't know my LA <laughs> geography well enough. It was one of those things. Uh, like, did she get herself like caught in that situation, not just to kill Connells and replace him, but also so she could have like a high stakes reason to link up with Caleb? Is that something that's on her radar? Um, like, does she does she know that this guy is such a pivotal player, or is it just pure coincidental? Like, uh, do not mis- mistake coincidence for fate, type of stuff, Joe. Haha, drink. Um, <laughs> I think because insight controls the military, and insight controls the uh, the drugs and the grills and the mouth that give you the drip. I think that when Dolores left Westrun and gained literally insight into insight and got all the information, I think that's how she found him. Yeah. Uh, and she she sees that clearly whatever it is that he's he's done before, this is very good for them moving forward, or at least for her plan. Uh, and but the- Caleb, Caleb seems like he's not really loving any of this now that he's like a little more hip to everything, like with the Major Tom in the background when they get up in Santa Monica and they see all the people who are like kind of like going insane with all the information uh, that, you know, uh, has been unleashed because of Dolores's plan. It's almost like he he wears it on his face where it's like, should this be happening? Is this good? And yet he's doing it and not asking questions of her, which is fascinating. Oh, so there's three episodes left. You know, that's true. That's true. <laughs> got to have some time before he can like turn the tables on her. But that feels like that's got to be coming. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope it was random and that they just make a great team. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, I, I think also the... That that's one thing about this. I I am really curious to see how they tie the knot together because that would that would have been my preference as well, since there aren't really a lot of just like straight up normal, you know, human characters that are unconnected to everything and just become important by virtue of interacting with the situation. Like everybody has to have some level of uh uh, it's all connected, man. Like you're, you know, like there's no like there's no like every person type of human character anymore. Other than you know, there was Elsie, and now she's gone. Stubbs has been turned, has been turned into a host, and now we're turning Caleb into like some sort of key player in the whole mystery. Is a, a little disappointing to me, unless they have a really really good answer for it. Um, so right. I'm, def- I'm definitely you know open to whatever the answer ultimately is. But it would have been nice to just like have like if there's just like at least like one set of, uh, you know, just like eyes on the ground sort of character. Question. Do we know if Westworld has been renewed for season four? We do not. Okay. Um, So I don't know how they're wrapping this up this season as if it is a finale. I mean, it seems unlikely. You know, what if that's interesting? What if we are in like the, like a stealth final season of Westworld? I mean, I do think it's worth noting that Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy have uh, a new overall deal at Amazon. They're developing shows for Amazon. It's an exclusive deal for Amazon, but they're still allowed to do uh, Westworld on HBO. I think like ratings are going down. It seems like uh, critically it's it's losing some of its luster to a certain extent. Um, and if 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 Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are just otherwise tangled up in other projects that they'd rather get get to is it possible that they craft a season three finale here that can double as a series finale or if that's even just like straight up the intention um i hadn't really thought about that 
I wouldn't be surprised in this current television landscape that they did craft an eight episode season that could possibly be a series finale, even if they leave things somewhat open ended as Westworld does. It could be like The Leftovers, three terrific seasons done, moving on. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me um, as a possibility. Uh, Things are certainly moving fast. Like, I, I think that, like, I almost kind of feel like leaving this episode, like, what does Dolores have left to do? Uh, like she just turned humanity against Rehoboam uh, and against insight and woke everybody up to what the system thinks of them. Um, if that's not going to, you know, tear humanity apart in sort of like this really awful visceral way uh, in this way where like, it, it really does present this, you know, uh, this good, you know, strong philosophical debate of like, were they better off on the system or is it better to go through whatever like pain and crisis they're about to go through next in order to get closer to true freedom? Uh, I think that fits with the tagline of the season. Free will isn't free. Like it comes with the cost. Uh, so I think that that's, you know, the, the central question that the show wants us to be answering. Uh, and I think that that's a difficult theme to be chewing on in, in today's moment. <laughs> no, I, let me out. Exactly. Uh, what, what I loved about this episode is it truly poses the question. It does, of course, remind me of Lost. What would you do if you're presented with what was thought to be your future? Are you capable of change? And I think this goes for humans and robots. Yeah. And so with episode five of season three with Dolores unleashing the world against technology, what I think is going to happen in the remaining, if I had to guess, is that you have the Maves, the Bernards, the Hales, even though some of them have old versions of Dolores in their brain ball, I think they rebel and try and save or change humanity against Dolores. That would be like a, a theoretical season four. Yeah. 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 Or they wrap it up in the next three, which Godspeed, no idea. Good luck if that's the plan. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, we've got we do have three more episodes. The titles we have them. Uh, Decoherence is coming up on Sunday night, episode six, uh, episode seven, Past Pawn. Uh, I'll have to brush up on uh, my chess lingo by then. <laughs> uh, I think it's like, do you just like give up the pawn? Is that what a past pawn is? Uh, let's do a quick. Uh, what what is a past pawn? I'm talking, I think it's someone who was a player in a previous game, like in the park. Uh, it's a pawn. This is a, what a quick Wikipedia search says. Yes. <laughs> a past pawn is a pawn with no opposing pawns to prevent it from advancing to the eighth rank, i.e. there are no opposing pawns in front of it on either the same file or adjacent files. Uh, so does that mean like it's the pawn that's on its way towards becoming a queen? Uh, I haven't read it. I read it as I heard you say that I heard P-A-S-T, like a past pawn as someone who's been used in the past. Yeah. Is uh, it P-A-S-S-E-D or P-A-S-T? P-A-S-S-E-D. Ah, see, it's a, it's a, it's a play on words then. It could be someone who was a pawn in the past. Yeah, we'll have to get uh, a chess expert to, to weigh in. Maybe the great uh, master Guillermo Villas will be available to us at some point in time. And then My- the final episode is called Crisis Theory, Joe. Oh, boy. That's what we do here every week. We've got crisis theories nonstop. In life and on Westworld. Yeah. Uh, So that could potentially be, uh, you know, where all of our theories are coming to crisis because we have to confront this, like, stealth finale. I don't know. I hadn't confronted that idea before. I I might be into it. We'll see. Uh, It really depends on how these next few episodes play. I do think that the smart thing to be doing as an expert, Joe, we can both say this because <laughs> we've made so many TV shows in our time. Right. Um, that I do think like in the 
in the saturated landscape, certainly like before the world dramatically changed um, of television, I think you're wise to be crafting your seasons as if they may be the only one you get to tell uh, or they may be the last one that you get to tell. So like you at least want to get like your characters in a place where like if that's where we last leave them, did it tell a story? What was the story that it told? Um, so I expect that we'll like, cause I think that if you look back on season one, you could just leave it there and it's the story of somebody becoming awake and that's a very dark ending, but it's an ending yeah. you know, that Dolores wakes up and like, you can now just like, sort of like, uh, you know, game out the way that, uh, the Westworld movie played out is probably what's about to happen to these poor schmohawks stuck in the park. <laughs> uh, and the way that season two ended is like, okay, now we're free. Now we're out in the world and this was the cost. Like that had an ending. So I expect season three will have an ending, just whether or not it's like ending, ending, ending is, uh, to be determined. Joe, let's talk about Bernard. Uh, cause Bernard is like getting, he's hanging out with Dolores via Tommy Flanagan. Uh, some shiflanigans happening. <laughs> that was me trying to mash shenanigans and Flanagan together. I don't know. Good how, job. Did I do it? Was it? That was pretty good. Was you, get, you get quarantine bonus points for that. <laughs> it's the goofy place with the mozzarella sticks. Um, yeah, so he's he's hanging out with him, and like he's there when when the plan goes into overdrive, and the world finds out about uh, Rehoboam and Insight and everything like that. Uh, and then Tommy Flanagan like buys time for Bernard and Stubbs to get the hell out of Dodge, uh, and we get the the news that Bernard is the only person we can't replace. I mean, what does that mean? Uh, Ciroc thinks that everything he needs is in Dolores. I think that she put all that in Bernard. Yeah. I think think he is the key. Like when he's, he says the plan, it started. I think I'm part of it. I think he's realizing he's not who he thinks he is. So what's, what is, (laughs) what is, what does it mean? I mean, what does it mean that Bernard is already part of the plan? Like, what is he involved in? Do you have any theories about that? I don't, but I noted that he took the remote control from Connell's before, you know, everything went to shit. Part of my language, kids. Um, They're not listening. They're fine. Okay. Okay, good. Damn it. Uh, We don't know. You know, you are listening. It's it's always been uh, unclear exactly which brain ball is in this version of Bernard. We assumed it was the master brain ball that was different color, but maybe that's the one that holds all the information that Sirach is looking for, but she obfuscated it in Bernard. Right, right. I mean, we've talked about the possibility. Is there a Dolores lurking within Bernard? Well, that wouldn't make him irreplaceable, I think. Uh, right. Un- unless, like, Dolores Prime is the one that's kicking around in B- Bernard's head. And is like let, letting all these different versions of uh, Dolores do all of the heavy lifting while she's kind of waiting from a distance. But if she like, if she like hit the coordinates that Sirach is after, or if she hit like the, the if if he's got like the valley beyond in his brain, a crazy that's <laughs> wild stuff. And like getting to like describe how all of that works in any kind of vivid terms for a podcast is going to get very very complicated very quickly. Um, but the other thing. If Bernard is somebody who has like crucial information to both Sirach, but especially to Dolores, then bad plan to pin the Delos disaster on Bernard, right? Like to make him the world's most wanted man. Because what happens if he gets arrested or, right. or, or worse? Or maybe that was why they need him. Maybe they know. I mean, the thing is, Sirach's mentioned Maeve and Sirach mentioned Dolores, but has not mentioned Bernard Lowe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so know. So he could be a Westworld outlier. He might be. 
Uh, I'm curious to see. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying the Bernard Stubbs uh, buddy comedy stuff that's been going on here uh, <laughs> here in uh, season three. But like, I'm, I need to know more about like how they're dragging him into the to the main story. You did note that there were seeds planted as well. So Liam asked uh, Caleb and Bernard asked R.I.P. Connell, by the way, we got to pour one out for Liam. Pour one out for Liam. Jeez, you knew he was toast the minute we met him. Though. Oh yeah, for sure. That guy was not making it out of this. This is not a show where nerds win. I mean, no, sorry, we, we lose. We, we lose every time. Uh, Liam asked Caleb and Bernard asked Connell's what Dolores is using them for. It's like planting a seed, going, you know, this this person is not necessarily who you think they are. So I am very curious what everyone's freaking game is here. Yeah, me too, big time. Um, we just don't know yet. Um, it's a good thing we've got three episodes to <laughs> to find out. What do you think? Do you think that that's it for uh, Lena Waithe and Marshawn Lynch? Uh, you mean Ash and Giggles? That is literally their names on IMDb. Yeah, the Giggle Room. Um, hard for me to imagine how they factor in any further. Like it feels like a lot of hype for just a one-off appearance, though. I love them as a duo individually, so I don't care. I'm very satisfied. I'd watch it enough. The Ash and Giggles spinoff, even as a web series or a comic book, would be fun. Yeah. Lisa was laughing, my wife, because, you know, she were, she went to Berkeley for several degrees and he used to play Marshawn Lynch for the Bears. So she yep. just thinks it's hilarious that he's actually pretty good in this role. He is fun. Yeah. I mean, the shirt does a lot of the work, right? <laughs> I mean, I want one right now. I do as well. I think it would just be it would just say pajamas like all day. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. Do we have any other feedback that we want to get into? Um, yeah. Kelly Lynch had also tweeted our way and said, I wonder what cost more the special effects for the music licensing in last night's Westworld. Um, obviously, we're a few days later. Uh, do you uh, have anything from the music that you wanted to get into? Anything that like really stood out to you um a few things first of all that car scene chase was badass it was very much like reminiscent of the dark knight to me yeah. um another nolan genre another nolan film i loved the use of richard wagner's uh ride of the valkyries from apocalypse now because it was just it was perfect it was funny it was dark it was i loved it and then overlook hotel baby down by the oh, pier the shiny yeah. cream that was uh, it took me a minute to place that mm-hmm. um and then having him in the waves with the blood. I mean, there's a lot going on in that scene. Yes. Yes. So I'm just wondering, like, what does that mean to juxtapose The Shining onto Westworld? Uh, the Shining being about, you know, a person who goes insane in isolation, uh, in veritable isolation and in a haunted mansion. You know, is that what's like metaphorically happening to Dolores, like she's been alone in like the maze of her own making. She's been alone in consciousness. She's alone, surrounded by only herself. Uh, and like she's so like in, trapped in the haunted mansion of her of her mission against humanity that, you know, all work and no play makes Dolores a dull host. Uh, or is it for Caleb? Like is Caleb the the uh, the the Jack Torrance of of Westworld? I had two thoughts during that. One is that it's a reference to William. He has been alone and going crazy by himself. And also Ciroc. Ciroc is all alone and he's operating all alone, everything dominating the world. So it could refer to either of those gentlemen. Yeah. What, did you have any further thoughts on Ciroc this week? We got like the, the whole other like half of the episode was about just like giving us a ton of Ciroc. Um, I find there was a lot of similarities or shout outs nods back to season one uh when he's walking through the field. It was like uh, when Maeve was walking through the field looking for her daughter. And I find a lot of similarities between Ciroc and his brother and Arnold and Ford 
And, you know, they were different types of creators trying to change the world. Um, I also thought thought that the outlier facility, it's a a psych ward. It puts subjects in glass cages, just like the Westworld hosts. So there's a lot of interesting, interesting parallels there. Um, And it's possible to edit people. I mean, yeah. what does that mean? What does it mean to edit people? That's why he wants Delos. He wants the technology he has to combine with the actual physical creation it seems like he has the technology but he has not he needs delos to create the bodies to go with the minds and yeah. so i think that's what he's talking about and i don't know i just think sorak is such an interesting character because vince cassell is so damn charming yeah no he's great and i i got to interview him last week for for thr so if you haven't read that story it's up on thr.com slash westworld it was really fun to talk to him um yeah, I think there's just there's a lot going on. Uh, one of the one of the reactions to the episode that we got was from uh, Matthew Paganzi on on Twitter. I'm sure I'm botching your name uh, pronunciation, Matt. I'm sorry, uh, but wrote and it said chaotic, imperfect yet amazing with two mind blown emojis uh, and two drooly face emojis as well. Uh, so you know, I think chaotic and imperfect uh, certainly certainly holds up for me as it comes to this episode. And I am I am waiting to be amazed by what's coming in these next three episodes i'm i'm really intrigued to see what the what the end game of season three is going to be especially with the whole world now knowing um like the extent uh of the predictive model of of rehoboam um and what the ramifications of that are going to be like how can sirak get this on track is this board meeting for delos like this corporate takeover does that even matter anymore like is this this feels to me like toothpaste you can't put back in the tube so has sirak lost uh, already with three episodes left, or does he have something else in mind? Um, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Don't underestimate my girls, Shaloris and Maeve, okay? Yeah, well, they gotta show up. We've only been, we've been getting a very tragically limited amount of Maeve, certainly, uh, this season. They had to rebuild her. She got, you know, stabbed by, uh, <laughs> Musashi. Uh, I hope that we get a lot of Maeve in the, in the three episodes left, because otherwise it's very, very limited, uh, Maeve quantity. Yes, indeed. And I have one rabbit hole if you'll indulge me. Yeah, always, every day. Um, I've been fascinated by the insight design. Um, You know, I I, I speculated that the the round sphere is actually the maze from Westworld, and it's made into a sphere form. Um, And I, again, am a recovering lit major, so bear with me. Recovering lit major. (laughs) When they, like recovering Catholics, but, you know, a different different style. Um, When you look in this episode, when they kept... Uh, opening up the inside graphic where you're looking down into the rings of it, which I love. It reminded me of Dante's Inferno. There are various levels expanding down like Westworld and the Mesa where their headquarters was. So indulge me. There are nine levels, limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, anger, heresy, heresy, sorry, violence, fraud, and treachery. I mean, that's all. That's everything that happens on this show. And there are three journeys making up uh, Dante's Inferno, and Dolores has, seems to have experienced all three. The first one is Inferno or Hell, season one. Season two, Purgatory. Season three, Paradise. In Dolores's mind. So to me, if this show ends with three seasons, the way I look at it is Dante's Inferno. That works for me. Wow. Okay. All right. No, that's cool. That's really neat. That's really neat. I like. I had that. a nerd out about that. No, I love it. I love it. I think I, really great stuff this week, Joe, as always. But uh, that that's really compelling to me. Um, we're asking a question that uh, had not really occurred to me. Uh, like, could, could we be closer to the end than we think? Uh, we're certainly pretty close to the end of season three. We've got three more episodes left. Uh, we'll be back uh, much quicker uh, for our next recap. Again, we appreciate your patience. Um, Joe, what else is going on? You've got the Joe show. How's the Joe show going? 
Joshua's good. It's sporadic, but uh, once or twice a week, I'm in, interviewing various folks on my Instagram live stories just for fun. And it sparks joy for me to be able to go through the podcast and talk to people on Instagram and talk about pop culture and baking and animation and voiceover and things that are interesting to me. Uh, because uh, as most of you know, I do run Cancer Gets Lost in My Spare Time, which is a nonprofit uh, where we raise money for various cancer charities by uh, pop culture auctions. And I've met these wonderful people over the last 10 years because of that. So just talking to them about their careers is super, super fun. And I see Josh's cat is stirring in the background, you guys. Yeah, you guys can't see it because this is an audio <laughs> podcast. But Joe and I record on video. And yeah, <laughs> my cats are like, hey, what are we doing? Locked up in here. They just woke up. They'd been napping. They're really good throughout the whole podcast. And yeah, I've never not heard your cat meow at all. No, they're just like passed out. They're kind of like, dad, what are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> Come nap with us. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that Teddy's brain ball is in uh, Dougie the cat? Yes, because Dougie the cat does not have much going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I know it might be controversial, but I kind of hope that Teddy and Teddy's brain ball are out of the picture. I feel like they wrapped that I up. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, I, I, I really feel the same way. Um, unless they find a really cool way to bring like the Valley Beyond back into the story and like uh, everybody who went over there uh, getting folded back in in a way that we didn't expect. Um, you know, I, I'm open to that for, for sure. But if like Teddy's like hiding in plain sight, uh, I, I love me some James Marsden. Do not get me wrong. Um, but I think that I'm good. Yeah. I'm good on the character. You know, I just want Elsie back. That's all. I know. I know. I just want more <laughs> Maeve. I want more Maeve. I'll be happy. Oh my gosh. Uh, and more, more Holoris too. Yes, please. Yeah, we want more of that. Um, all right. So we'll be back soon with more Westworld. Check out what Joe is doing at Joe Opinionated on Twitter, but more so on Instagram these days. I'm at Round Howard. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram that way at Post Show Recaps. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your, uh, I keep saying wherever you get your apps. This is something I said on <laughs> the Everything is Super podcast we did this week. And that, that also led to me talking about mozzarella sticks for a moment. Uh, so here we are again. Time is a flat circle. Uh, Everything is Super, our Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch that we're doing here on Post Show Recaps. We just went through The Incredible Hulk, uh, which was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> fair fair that exists and existed uh so we talked about that kevin mahadeo and i we also have lost down the hatch uh joe we're up to fire plus water this week on down the hatch my condolences uh-huh <laughs> this, is a, this is a tough week of content uh, incredible hulk uh obviously i i'm a little lower on genre than than perhaps you are joe uh, and then fire plus water on the lost podcast is tough the good news is killing eve just launched uh jessica lisa and i were doing killing eve podcasting here on post show recaps so uh, good yeah, and the podcast was super fun, so check that out. If you haven't watched Killing Eve, strong recommend. That's a very easy binge. Uh, if you're cool with violence, uh, but mostly <laughs> if like you're just ready to watch like two incredible actors just going head-to-head nonstop, uh, Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer are just so, 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 so good and very, very funny. Really, really excellent show. Beyond that, we've got uh, some, uh, some Final Fantasy coverage. We're branching into video games here. All I can tweet about anymore is the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, which I wrote an article for The Hollywood Reporter saying the Final Fantasy VII remake is the new Game of Thrones uh, because I'm just looking to kick up the social media hornet's nest. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm after. I have a hotter take, but it involves things that I don't want to spoil for the game. So I will save that for a couple weeks down the line once I feel like there's enough of a buffer. Um, but yeah, so tons of stuff going on on, on Post Show Recap. So follow along. We're having a great time over here. It's, 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 it's just the best. Better call Saul. That's so good. Time. So good. It's almost done. Antonio Mazzaro and I are going to be recording tonight. Uh, so uh, it's too late for you to get your feedback in if you're listening to this. We're definitely probably, if the soonest that you're listening to this, Antonio and I are in the middle of recording. So hopefully you just got your feedback in. Um, 
All right, Joe. Uh, we'll be back next week. Decoherence. That's the next one. Ready to rock? Let's do this. I'll be over at the Overlook Hotel if you need me. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All podcasting and know something makes something, something, something. I'll go figure out the rest of that certain <laughs> offline. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.